the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good morning. It's John DePietro on this uh, Thursday now. Welcome to October. This portion of the program is, is brought to you by Rhode Island's number one garden center, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop it and see them. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. It's a beautiful Thursday morning. Look at that blue sky. The air is cool. The storm is gone. The debate is over. But PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, folks, straw, cornstalks, sugar pumpkins, carving pumpkins, gourds, large and small, fall arrangements and crafts. They have a great Facebook page. It's prmaterials.shop. Look for them on face on um, also their website is prmaterials.shop. Great Facebook page, PR Materials and Garden Center, located right off of Route Four. Stop it and see them. Uh, and again, folks, it is uh, it is Thursday. Welcome to uh, first day of October. And what a you know, as everything has now settled a little bit after the big debate the other night. Um, I, I, now it's, you know, back to the campaign. The good news for the president is he certainly didn't, like, lose his supporters. I also want to address this this whole notion. This was fabricated, this whole business of, of uh, you know, the president won't disavow the Proud Boys. They, 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 they're not even a factor. It's a small fringe right-wing group uh, in the Pacific Northwest. The, the, the story of the summer, the story of the Pacific Northwest, Portland, Seattle, has been dominated by violent leftist Antifa protesters. For them to try to flip this to somehow the president won't denounce the pre- No one's even heard of them. They haven't done anything. They haven't done any riots. They haven't done any damage. They haven't done any looting. You know, look at the just the narrative. If you have two hate groups, let's put both the, quote, Proud Boys and the Antifa as two hate groups. Okay, one has done tremendous damage. One has destroyed portland one has continued to just put destruction across the united states and the other seems to just be you know a hate group that marches around and then doesn't do anything you tell me which one has done more damage what is so unfair from the other night hear me out is as you know the story of the summer was in fact the social unrest all the trouble that we watched everything in places like Wisconsin, in Minneapolis, in Washington, D.C. And then, of course, it was nightly in Portland. And who was doing this? The far left. If anything, Biden should be the one under pressure to disavow the violent protests that we've seen, the Black Lives Matter violent protests in other cities. Now, I, I, I recognize a lot of times people march under that umbrella. They do it locally. For instance, locally, everyone thinks that it's always Black Lives Matter that's, you know, marching, going up to Federal Hill and doing that. It's it's actually not. It's people that do it under their name of the movement, but it's not a lot of that. But in some of the other cities, you know, it's tough to tell. I'll grant you that. It's very tough to tell the difference of who's who and exactly how it's going down. And then never mind, they chant that. Even the other night, as I mentioned, you know, here locally, going through Providence, you had 30 protesters, 29 of them, maybe even all 30, but at least 29 of them were white and they're chanting Black Lives Matter. It's become the night of the riot. They were protesters chanting Black Lives Matter. It's just become like that's what you start chanting, uh, no matter who you are or what your cause is. And it certainly goes on in some of the other cities. 
But for the it's one thing for the Biden people to try to push it. It's another thing for the full media to go along with this whole narrative of how shocking the story of the day. And, and it came right out of the box from Brian Williams on right afterwards. Folks, you'd almost think it was planted. I cannot believe President Trump would disavow the Proud Boys. That That is not the story. Remember what you watched all summer. Remember what you continue to watch. Anytime you've had situations, if the police were involved with any shooting, whether it was in New York, where you had uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, or in Rochester, New York, and anytime the police are involved with something, they, 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 it doesn't even matter how old it was. That problem in Watch, Rochester, that was back from March that that guy was 41 and naked in the snow. So uh, what I don't like is as much as we know that the media, you know, they're in colluding together. Um, the fact that it's it's so obvious and blatant, I think that's what what strikes people. So we're, we're definitely going to talk about it. Now, if you're a, a Trump supporter, there's so many of them. There were some people that thought he was on fire. It was very strong. Uh, it's it's tough. I, I'm going to stay consistent. I, I just thought he was a little bit too much over the top, needed to tone it down a little bit. And now the Biden people, oh, Biden has to take the day off today, by the way. He's exhausted. Um, I, I'm saying to the president, don't interrupt him. Let him go the full time. And I don't think he's got enough. I don't think Joe, Vice President Biden has the stamina to go that full time. Hey, folks, remember, now this is perfect weather. If you're going to have some paving done around your home, uh, your business, J. Perry Paving, residential, commercial, seal coating, patios, free estimates, give them a call today at 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Learn about residential asphalt driveway. Asphalt is benefits tr- are tremendous, affordable, smooth, safe to drive on. Never mind the snow melts it right off aesthetically peeling asphalt can be recycled reused j perry paving look for their website letter j j perry they also have a great facebook page call them 401-732-1730 if you think of having some paving done residential commercial seal coating patios this is the perfect time of year right now boy it cools off nice very easy quick they offer free estimates any project uh, J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. So we're going to talk some of the local situation. Very interesting situation yesterday. Governor Mundo now allowing protesters into her weekly briefings. That's different. Uh, and then more on the debate. And then Attorney Tim Dodd's going to join us as well. So a big program ahead. And it's all right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801.
You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega MEGA, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays, folks, we start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our legal segment. Well, this is uh, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to start off next week. You know, uh, right now it's still scheduled from for Monday, and it is the beginning of the Jeff Brick trial. Uh, they've laid out some guidelines for it, and... Um, Let's do a little bit of a preview of the upcoming Brit trial, which we plan on covering, by the way, gavel to gavel, folks. So we'll have a full coverage of it. Go right ahead, Tim. Thanks. Good morning, John. Um, the case will be the, the most interesting case from a political standpoint to come along in many, many years. Um, Jeff Britt is obviously a well-known political operative and has worked on many campaigns in this particular campaign, the allegation is as well known as that he engineered money being filtered from folks who supported Nick Mattiello uh, to an account for Shauna Lawton to fund a mailer that Shauna Lawton was to send out supporting Nick Mattiello instead of the uh, Republican who won the primary. Um, Couple of, it was a thousand dollars, a couple of thousand dollars that made its way from two individuals, allegedly Teresa Graham and Victor Pichette, um, who filtered the money allegedly at the behest of um, Jeff Britt. The interesting thing is that Britt has taken the position through his counsel that he's not going to be the fall guy, John. Now that implies that he did it, right? That so that's always, to me, been a very strange disconnect here. He did it. He's basically saying, if I did it and I'm going down, I'm not going to be the fall guy. I'm going to take some people with me. And, and that's nice. 
And that creates a lot of political pressure. And perhaps Brit thinks that because it's powerful people who are going to be called to testify and maybe be embarrassed that somehow uh, the system can work to Brit's advantage. I, I'm just not sure that's going to occur. Remember, this case went before the grand jury. And when the case is before the grand jury, the prosecutors are looking at the facts, looking at the evidence presented, giving the whole can of worms to the grand jury. The grand jury knows who the players are. It was Nick's campaign. Some of the key people working on his campaign were Leo Skenyon, Matt Jerzyk, Eddie Catunio. None of them were indicted. Right. Nothing has happened to them. Correct. They all, they all testified. So yep. whatever their testimony disclosed, and we don't know that in the members of the general public, we don't know exactly what was said, but the grand jury didn't find anything persuasive that they should be indicted. And certainly, if the AG had um, information that um, they should have been indicted, they would have pursued it. Uh, Peter Narona has been very aggressive in being, you know, a good government attorney general. Um, his style is much different than um, Peter Kilmartin, um, who was much more of a politically motivated, or at least on the surface, politically motivated kind of guy. But nothing happened to these folks from a criminal standpoint. So I would expect they'll all march in there. I would expect they'll all testify. I wouldn't expect that any of them would be pleading the Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination. Um, this is a bench trial before Judge Procassini, who's one of the very, very, very good trial judges in the Superior Court system. I've tried cases before him, whether you're the plaintiff or the defendant or the state or the defense in a criminal case, he'll give you an excellent trial. John, what I also found odd about this is the felony charge against Brit is for money laundering. There's also a misdemeanor charge for um, illegal campaign contributions. The illegal campaign contribution statute is so obtuse, is so convoluted, it's so hard to make sense of what the elements of the crime are that I'm just not sure that Brit would ever be convicted of the misdemeanor offense. As to the money laundering, that's the more serious, obviously, that's the more serious charge. Um, my understanding is that at least Victor Perchette has been granted immunity, so I presume he's going to connect the dots as to where he got the money from, who he gave the money to, and who he was in conversations with. Yep. The state has offered Brit the last best offer, which Brit refused, was a five-year sentence on a guilty admission with 18 months to serve at the ACI. So it's right. 60 months with 18 to serve. That's a lot of time for an offense of this type. So that would suggest that the state thinks they've got this all lined up and that the evidence is there. Um, Peter Narona's done a very smart thing. He's put his top prosecutor, uh, Steve Dambrook, on this case to be the lead prosecutor. Steve is very experienced. He's tried a lot of cases. He's very sharp. He's a good trial attorney. Um, so Peter has put his A-team 
on prosecuting this case. Um, certainly such a heavy uh, proposed disposition um, would motivate Brit to say no, no thanks to the five years, 18 months to serve and to take it to trial. I, I still think that there could be a um, disposition that's made on the courthouse steps before this ever actually starts. Five, 18 months to serve seems much too harsh for a case of this nature. Um, the other countervailing force here is that the AG might say, hey, listen, we're not going to um, put up with um, public corruption or election corruption, and we're going to make an example of Mr. Britt so that no one thinks about doing this type of thing in the future. But um, unless it's a substantially lower proposed disposition in exchange for a plea, I can't see Britt ever taking this deal. He'll take his chances. Um, in terms of the money laundering, if it did occur, to say it's quote unquote only a couple of thousand dollars um, sort of misses the point. It's still an illegal, alleged illegal right. campaign contribution, even though it's small dollars versus. And Tim, if I may, his yes. strategy of I'm not going to be the fall guy, I mean, I, that seemingly he's admitting that there was. Uh, that what I also find interesting is, and again, folks, we're speaking with our legal expert attorney Tim Dodd. This upcoming Brit trial that, I, and I also want the listeners to understand that the big draw here really is the fact that on the witness list is Speaker Mattiello. There's some other political people. It's a little bit of an inside baseball type thing. But when you have the sitting Speaker Mattiello on the witness list, and and this is his campaign, that is what really gets the attention. But Tim, also, there's a part of this case where the Britt is alleging that one of the people on the witness list and that speaker's chief of staff, Leo Skenyon, went to him and wanted him to sign an affidavit saying that he would acknowledge in this sworn affidavit that the speaker had had not done done anything wrong. And, and Britt suddenly, you know, again, according to his version, I, you know, refuse to compromise my integrity. I told him I will not sign something that is true. Someone had mentioned to me of a lot of things don't work out where someone's trying to convey that they're doing something noble when, on the other hand, they're admitting that they were involved with some shenanigans and illegal activity during the course of the campaign. Could, could you touch on, on those elements of if that is we're led to be true, that that's where I believe Brit was then indicted shortly right after that happened. Well, John, it seems to me that. The affidavit, which was purportedly put in front of Jeff Britt for signature, that's when he probably woke up and said, holy cow, they're going to make me the fall guy. And I'm sure that's why he didn't sign it, because he didn't want to vindicate anyone. If yeah. he knew that he was going to be prosecuted, he wanted to keep his options open to have that threat of potentially bringing other political players into this thing um, is sort of his uh, poison pill that he had against those who might testify against him. So I, I don't think it was from a noble sense of um, having a clear conscience. I cannot sign such a document. My ethics are offended. Yeah. I don't think that's the case at all. I think that he's a smart player. He could see how this was lining up. 
and he wanted to keep his ability to point fingers at anyone that he could possibly point fingers at and try to lay off his potential criminal responsibility on others. John, one, one other thing, John, this, as we will all recall, was a frantic, yes. frantic campaign. It was down to the wire. It was night and day, high pressure, high stakes, you know, pedal to the metal campaigning uh, on the Freitas campaign and on the Mattiello campaign. And Nick's lieutenants were doing everything they could. They were pulling out all the stops to try to get their guy elected. Nick, I think, will have plausible deniability. He's, he's the candidate. He's running around. He's making phone calls. He's doing his thing. He is not responsible for or aware of necessarily everything that his lieutenants are doing in the course of this frantic campaign that, you know, they were working night and day, midnight, early morning hours. Um, he's going to have a very plausible story to say there was a lot going on. I knew some things. I didn't know other things. And this was not in my purview. Tim, Tim, there, there's Tim actually, hold that thought. Emails, I want to take just a quick break. Go we're going to come back again uh, with us is attorney Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro show. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11, we go till 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 .9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Henry Oil. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Call them today, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200 for Henry Oil. It's not your imagination. It is getting colder. Call Henry Oil today. Since 1947, a Rhode Island success story, you can depend on Henry Oil. 401-521-0200. Set up a service contract, budget plans, lock and cap pricing. Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today at 401-521-0200. 401-521-0200 or online at henryoil.com. Dot com. Listen, it's going to get colder. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. If it's time for a new roof, call R&R Roofing today at 401-823-1330. R&R &R Roofing. Have you been thinking about getting? Maybe it's time. Repair that roof. Maybe it is time for a new roof. All types of shingle, flat roofs. You know, it's so important for your structure, whether at home or work, you need a roof, folks. That is what keeps nothing else matters in your home. If you don't have a solid roof, call R&R &R Roofing today. All work is guaranteed. Call for a free estimate at 401-823-1330. The owner, Richard Rossi, over 40 years in business 
Call R&R Roofing today. Call for a free free estimate. All work is guaranteed. 401-823-1330. Fully insured. And on top of that, Angie's List, award winner, over five years in a row. Now, I've met with Richard. Folks, he cares. He cares attention to detail. And on top of that, impeccable cleanliness throughout the job. Job site is waterproof daily. Call for a free estimate. And all work is guaranteed. That makes such a difference. R&R Roofing. Now, if you're thinking of having your roof done, maybe it is time for a new roof. At least call, at least call R&R Roofing and get a free estimate. 401-823-1330. 401-823-1330 for R&R Roofing. You can also check out their website. It's R and R Roofing, R-I.com. Call them, 823-1330. It's R&R Roofing. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Next week, starting Monday, is this Jeff Britt trial, political operative, folks. This goes to the Mattiello campaign. He was a uh, consultant they brought in on the campaign. This was the fall of 2016, where Mattiello was facing off against Republican Steve Frias and this Britt character who's worked on many different campaigns behind before this. He is the one on trial for this money laundering. Uh, Mattiello's name is on the list for witnesses. Leo Skenyon, his chief of staff, is on the list. Josh Fenton, who runs Go Local Prov, is on the witness list. Dan York on WPRO is on the witness list. Now, Tim, um, I want to give you a chance to finish your thought, and then I have uh, several other questions about this campaign. But you, you were mentioning that you feel Mattiello has what we what they call plausible deniability that – you know, he's working at the state house. He's working on the campaign. Uh, they know that it's a tough campaign. This was the election that the night of Frias won with the, the voting that day. And Mattiello stood up and said, oh, I'm the winner. I know that I have enough mail ballots. I'm the winner. And that certainly raised a lot of eyebrows. But um, you were touching on the plausible deniability for Mattiello. Yes. One of the other elements, to the best of my knowledge, there's nothing in writing. There's no emails. There's no texts or anything else from Nick to anyone else or received by Nick on this topic. There was a lot of back and forth in terms of the printing of the mailer between Brad Dufault and Matt Jerzyk and some of the other folks who worked on the campaign. None of that necessarily touched on the source of funds. There are communications between Brit and others, including Teresa Graham, regarding source of funding. So when you go from this matter from top to bottom, you know, emails or texts might refer to Nick, but there's nothing suggesting that Nick is in on this, is quarterbacking it, is receiving information um, in writing. Now, certainly, um, lots of things are said orally. You know, everything is not put in writing. But again, that that all creates a plausible deniability. And it does make sense that he's at the state house. He's campaigning. This is the tensest, closest race he's ever been into. He's poured hundreds of thousands of dollars into it, literally. And he might say, listen, you know, this was a little mailer from Teresa Lawton. I had no idea they were doing this or where the money was coming from. And if Nick walks away from testifying, if he is called unscathed, 
you know, whatever happens to Brit um, becomes much less of a story. You're, you're right, John. The story here is the fact that it's Mattiello, um, his campaign and his operatives. Uh, the question is, can Brit properly bring Mattiello into this thing? Um, I'm sure Britt will testify saying, yep, I used to talk to Nick about this every night. We never put anything in writing. It was all one-on-one -on -one with no witnesses in his office. And Nick's going to say, no, it didn't happen. No, I wasn't one-on-one -on -one with him. None of this happened. Britt's just trying to save his skin. Tim, so, Tim do you think he will testify? Britt could Brit will take give the him. Stand? You do? Okay. Yes. I think he, well, if he's really going to utilize sort of the scorched earth defense and if he says in his mind if i'm going down i'm going to do my best to bring them all down or at least give them all a black eye um, he's basically got to testify that things yeah. happened which were verbal now, and that were not in writing and it becomes a he said how he does said um, situation this is, folks not a jury trial so this is a bench trial with judge uh, daniel procassini how is it different, Tim, of a judge trial versus a, a jury trial? Your experience. What 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 will will um, we notice the difference next week? Many times, you many times a defendant will want a um, a bench trial with, heard by a judge sitting without a jury, um, if the facts are. Um, distasteful many times if one is charged with let's say um, child molestation or some dreadful crime like that um, defendant will opt for a judge trial because judges hear this kind of stuff all the time where if you put a group of 12 people in a jury box to hear these dreadful facts about a case of let's say some sexual improprieties um their objectivity might be um, blurred by the, the very um, dreadful nature of the facts that they're hearing. Judges aren't as affected. They might personally find it horrible, but they can separate the legal um, elements of the crime versus the, you know, the potentially gross nature of the facts that they're going to hear. In this case, um, I think Brit is smart to put this just in front of a judge because Everyone has a political bias. Um, some people will think all politicians are, you know, uh, contemptible people and be more likely to want to convict. Um, others won't. A judge can more easily put any personal prejudices and biases aside and just listen but, to the facts it, and apply the law. But it is a gamble. It is a gamble, a strategy going the, with the bench trial over a jury trial. Okay. It is, John, because if if you lose at trial sitting with a jury, you'll typically have many more appellate issues okay. to bring to the Supreme Court. The judge, ju the judge did not properly instruct the jury. The judge allowed certain evidence in, which was objected to. The judge wouldn't let evidence in that should have come in. You get lots of appellate issues that you can create during the course of a jury trial. With a bench trial, the judge is the finder of fact and the, um, the ruler on the law. So if you lose, you're going to have a much more narrow path 
um, if you try to appeal to say that the judge either abused his discretion or misunderstood the facts or misapplied the law. It's much more difficult to flip a case if it's a judge now, trial with, versus um, a again, jury folks, trial. Speaking with attorney Tim Dodd, this is the preview of the Brit trial next week. Now, Tim, a couple of things about this. I've been dealing with the court on this, uh, plan on being there. They, they, does this mean anything to you? They won't let a live, they're going to obviously let a, a camera in. It's a pool camera. Channel 12 is doing it. They won't do a let a live stream in. And I was asking about it, and that's their decision. And they've been very amenable, and I've been having a lot of conversations with them. I want to do a live stream. But but I thought it was interesting that the, the line was, he said, well, the judge doesn't want this to turn into a political circus. What, what Does that strike you meaning anything that the, the judge out of the offset is saying, I don't want this to turn into a political circus? Well, I, I think that the judge is within his discretion. I, I can't say he's um, made the wrong determination about the, the, the nature of this case because it's okay. so close to an election, because the timing True. of this Matty is as really it is, uh, I, I think the but yes, it's almost like it's almost like the Durham report doesn't. They don't want it to come out till after the election because it would it would be too seen as too political. I think the judge is trying to keep the political components out of this case because of the timing. I think if this case had tried in an off year, not an election year. Um, the result would have been much different in terms of the, the broadcasting. Uh, Jeff Britt. Now, if you Google him, and I've done reports on other people have, he's been arrested many different times in the past. And granted, then it would get dragged out sometimes. I think it might have been expunged, but it's, it's still there. That he Is that the type of thing that could be brought up, or do they just focus on his activity during this, this period of time? Well... You could be any person could be arrested one time, two times, ten times. But if you're not convicted or if there's not a criminal disposition, the fact that you've simply been arrested cannot be used against you if at your trial. An arrest is okay. not of any significance. O only a conviction or a guilty plea. And if he had a prior criminal disposition where he pled, but he has since had that um, criminal case expunged from his record. No, it's not usable. The prosecutor can't say, well, you had this charge expunged two years ago. If it's expunged, it's expunged. Because I know during the, like, the TNT trial, he um, was, was fearful that um, the, the whole situation that he's run into in the past, where he had some legal problems. He was afraid that what I've been told was, was that was going to come out at the plenum trial which is why he then never took the stand, or at least that's what he said, or his people said uh, that was written about in the Prince of Providence that supposedly he was fearful of. He had run into a situation. He was a law student at Marquette, had an incident with this woman and Ruth Banlow. He thought that would come out and that they would bring up the whole, you know, the famous uh, nightmare on power street of the fire log and the cigarette and, um, and DeLeo. So, is that then just folklore that he was fearful that they were going to bring that out if he took the stand? No, it's it's legitimate. So let's assume that a defendant does not take the stand. The prosecutors can't stand in front of the jury and right. say, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about this guy. He's got three priors. He's done this. He's done that. But if the defendant chooses to testify, 
and gets on the stand, then the prosecutor can um, cross-examine and impugn his integrity or his truthfulness by asking okay. him about prior convictions. And that's then for the jury to consider whether that's meaningful yeah. conduct or not. All right, folks, we're going to take or another quick break. Back more, turning Tim Dodd right here on the John DePietro Show. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. You want to stay as healthy as you possibly can. And one of the ways you can do that is if you stop in and see my friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585, 305-3585. Stop in at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'll bet you've driven past that old church many different times. Now is your chance to stop in. And what are you going to find? Well, Marie is so incredible. It's My Health. It helps you with your health, your family's health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality, integrity, local products like a kai berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. At It's My Health at 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, you're going to find over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. And folks, Marie is so knowledgeable. These are all natural ingredients you want to put when you're uh, put involved as ingredients when you're cooking and it's so healthy for you and your family, plus hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use. They have vitamins for children. They're going to keep you healthy. It's my health. Stop it and see Marie. Pop by 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 305-3585. What an incredible store, incredible selection. She is so knowledgeable. Just pop in. Swing in. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? 
Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Brothers Disposal. Call them today, 401-688-0517. Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have a great page, yellow and purple, Laker colors, Brothers Disposal, they'll put a dumpster in your driveway. Maybe are you doing a small household construction project or maybe some project around your home? Call Brothers Disposal. Let's get a dumpster in the driveway. Or maybe you're deciding to do a little bit of a fall clean out, get rid of some of your unwanted belongings. Folks, whether it's in the garage, the basement, or the attic, call Brothers Disposal today. 401-688-0517. They'll put a dumpster in your driveway. Come on, brother. With Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. We're speaking with attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, I want to just circle back. So Jeff Britt says, I'm going to take the stand, which a lot of times uh, you would agree is not always the best thing to do. But he's taking some gambles with the strategy of, um, of number one, that he has already said, I'll be the I'm not going to be the fall guy. And then number two, the not doing a jury trial, bench trial. He gets up on the stand. Stephen Dan Broker, 80 Goldstein, can they say, Mr. Brent, 2009, you were at such and such a nightclub, and that night you were arrested for assault. Is that true? Is that – and that did happen. Could that could that happen if he agrees to take the stand? Not if – just the fact oh, of the arrest right. is it, of it, no What if then – and then you pled – guilty or pled no low contende to that charge. Well, okay. guilty could be used. No low contendere, no okay. low contendere, perhaps not, because if he got probation, probation in Rhode Island is not a conviction, and that is not usable for impeachment purposes. So a prob- if you get probation, that's not a conviction under Rhode Island law. I know that's a little wonky, but it's a distinction which is important. Uh, probation doesn't mean anything in terms of cross-examining um, a defendant. You're talking about the two lead prosecutors. What? Let's just step back. You have Bob Correnti, former U.S. attorney, who is on the case. And then you have the two lead prosecutors, uh, Stephen Danbrook and uh, Edie Goldstein, the A-team of Peter Nerona's uh, attorney general's team. Tim, but what does it mean if, as the judge is sitting there, he sees attorney general Peter Nerona quietly come in and sit in the back of the courtroom? Um, to a judge like Judge Procassini, not much. Um, I don't think the judge would take it as some sort of intimidation factor that uh, the AG has chosen to show up at the at this particular okay. trial what about I don't just human nature anything. i mean i i've always thought sometimes if something happens with a police officer and all of a sudden the for instance with um nick kettle when he was being arraigned they stacked the courtroom with troopers and former troopers i always thought that that kind of there at least attempts to send a message to the judge um is that more of an attempt but it, it just do you think it falls short sometimes 
I think to, to use the kettle situation, I think the, 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 the cops who showed up, it's a feel good event. It shows solidarity yeah. with who they think the victim is, but I think judges are pretty impervious to such shows of support either for the, the, the victim or when folks show up for the defendant. I don't, I don't think it cuts a lot of slack with Speaker Nick Battiello was in a debate on Channel 10 with his opponent, Barbara Ann Fenton Funk. And during that, he referred to the convention center uh, probe where he he was the target of the grand jury. Literally. And Mattiello announced on Channel 10, oh, no, that was all resolved. That's over. Now, since then, um, Channel 12 has raised questions that that there's there's no reason to believe that it's over, that he was just announcing that. What about that statement of Speaker Nick Mattiello? I don't know if you caught it, but saying, oh, no, that that's over, that nothing happened with that. Well, it, I don't think that's necessarily a correct statement. Let me give you two different um, variables. If you are the target of a federal grand jury and the grand jury decides that you should not be indicted. Um, there's never an announcement. Your attorney is never informed. Nothing, simply nothing happens. And if the statute of limitations should go by and you haven't been indicted, then and only then do you know you're off the hook because in the federal system, they don't tell you anything. In the state system, although it's you know not always the case it's easier to get a determination from uh, the ag's office that um, no true bill has come out and you learn that no true bill has come out so i'm not sure that nick's statement is accurate i don't know that there's been a formal return from the grand jury saying no true bill um, if that were the case i think he would have said your grand jury came back and they reported out no true bill um, so it could be a self-serving statement. It might be a presumption. It might be the result of scuttlebutt that he's hearing as opposed to a, an official pronouncement. Um, I haven't seen anything which would suggest there's been any uh, yeah. official Folks, pronouncement on that case. Tim, Tim um, two final stories. Um, one is you see him on Fox News, Judge Napolitano. It's a little bit of a bizarre case that the judge is being dragged into. And if you could uh, touch on it for us. <laughs> it's a very weird story, and it's it's been reported by um, newspapers in Great Britain. It hasn't gotten a lot of traction um, in the in the yes. mainstream press here, but yet. But Judge Napolitano is, you know, if you watch Fox News, he's a legal analyst. Um, he provides pretty insightful commentary from time to time. He is <laughs> he has recently been sued in two different cases. The most recent, he was sued by a New Jersey waiter. The waiter suing the judge. Well, he's no longer a judge. He's still called judge. He hasn't been a judge for about 20 years. But um, he's being sued for about $15 million. The allegation is that Napolitano offered to help the plaintiff with certain legal problems he had in exchange for the plaintiff participating in some unusual sex acts with Judge Napolitano, including this young man who was 20, uh, allegedly being asked to spank the judge and to, for, to call him daddy or something very peculiar. Good Lord. <laughs> very, very strange. Um, 
And he also claims that the judge, uh, I guess, gave him uh. a roofie and tried to rape him. And it, it's it, the judge has categorically Good. denied all of it. Now, the the interesting, it's all interesting, but the other peculiarity of this is there's a separate lawsuit where the judge has been sued for $10 million. Um, that plaintiff is being represented by the same law firm that just brought a cause of action for this New Jersey waiter. In the other case, this, I, I guess he was a career defendant named Charles Corbishley. Um, back when Judge Napolitano was a judge, <clears throat> um, claims that defense counsel said to Corbishley, at Christmas time, why don't you go to the judge's house, the judge who's handling your case, and give him a Christmas card? This is the allegation. So this guy does it. And he says, maybe the judge will ask you to shovel his driveway. And um, it'd be a good idea. Maybe it would help you at sentencing time if you shoveled his driveway. So this guy goes to the judge's house, allegedly, and says, here I am with a Christmas card. And the judge says, shovel my driveway. And the guy says, it's already been shoveled. So the judge says, why don't you come around back of the house where he proceeds to allegedly um, force this uh, young man to perform fellatio on him. That's the allegation. Fast forward a couple of weeks later, he says that the case was put in front of Judge um, Napolitano for sentencing and that miraculously he got a very mild um, disposition on the criminal case. Yeah. Very, very odd stuff, John. Uh, the judge, the judges denied this one too. This guy Corbishly claims that he went to the judge's home to shovel a driveway. And the judge says, I lived in a different town at the time in a high rise condo. I didn't have a house. I don't have a driveway. Yeah. This could not have happened the way this man says it happened. So is this a shakedown? Is this a, an attempt to embarrass another um, um, personality from Fox TV? It's, it's hard to say. Uh, we'll, we'll learn if there's any corroboration to these two very peculiar stories and two very um, um, titillating, sensationalized lawsuits. Uh, time will tell, but the judge is countersued in both saying, you're just trying to um, smear my reputation, and there's no truth to this, and I'm suing you for damages. Tim, I so got a he's final punching story, back. And this is another odd one. It's, it's two women that are in the Warwick School Committee, and as much as they're saying it's a fight eviction issue, I, I, I'm trying, I can't determine whether or not that they were roommates or you know, one got locked out, and they're fighting, and then they're both on a Zoom call. But um, w w was this, you know, the, the, almost seemingly I thought trying to present it as like someone was someone's landlord. But the way I hear it, it's, it's just that they these were two adults that were living together and that had some kind of a, a fight. And then, you know, one was being forced to move out and changing the locks and, and that type of thing. What, what can you tell us that you have seen? It, this is another. OK. Um, unusual story it's um two women who are both members of the uh work school committee one is the chairman one is the vice chair and they they claim that they're friends and i'm not sure the extent of their um friendship the the police refer to this as an ex-relationship that became toxic so was it more of a um 
personal relationship versus just roommates. That would be the alleged implication, but there's no overt confirmation that that's true. Anyways, the chairman of the school committee owns a home. The vice chair somehow becomes a person living in the home with the chairman. So they're living together. They have a fight. Um, the, the tenant vice chairman is asked to, to or demanded to move out. Um, there's retaliation and the tenant ultimately hires a very, very fine lawyer specializing in eviction uh, practice and gets a tenant restraining order against the landlord um, to keep the landlord from trying to move her out. Um, very unusual, very contentious situation. Um, many times what happens in these, not these two, but let's assume a dating relationship. Um, if two people are living together sort of as co-tenants or one is the tenant of the owner, and you have a fight, one says, get out. You can't simply take their belongings and toss them out the window like you might see in the movies. You gotta go to court. You've either gotta move for an eviction or you've gotta go into court seeking um, a restraining order if there's any allegations of physical or emotional abuse or sexual misconduct. You just can't take matters into your own hands, say, get out and start flinging things out the front door and out the, the bedroom window. So it looks like this case has calmed down. I think these two in, in the Warwick situation have um, properly availed themselves of the court to keep peace and to get an orderly disposition of this um, landlord-tenant relationship. But um, we see in the courts, John, all the time, something we call the self-help eviction, where landlord is so frustrated with tenant then instead of going through the legal system, they just back up a truck and open the door and throw all the tenant's stuff out. If a landlord does that, the tenant says, thank you so much because I'm going to sue you. And they can sue the landlord for a lot of money if the eviction is effectuated without an appropriate court order. To Very that. dangerous Folks, for Folks, he's our uh, legal analyst attorney, Tim Dodd, and we're going to be uh, talking to him a lot next week during this uh, brick trial. Tim, great job. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. You too, John.